If you're a travel advisor looking to enhance your sales conversions and create impactful email campaigns with ease, then you are in for a treat with this episode. Flowdesk offers an intuitive and user-friendly interface that takes the hassle out of email marketing. Say goodbye to overwhelming coding and complicated design tools. Flowdesk drag and drop editor allows even the least tech savvy, (laughs) myself, to effortlessly create visually stunning emails. But that's not all. With Flowdesk's powerful automation triggers, segmenting capabilities, and personalized workflows, you can deliver targeted content and tailored recommendations that truly captivate your audience. We're going to be sharing all about targeted campaigns, newsletters, and nurture sequence, so stick with us. And full transparency, before we dive into this episode, we are currently not using Flowdesk. We started with Flowdesk when we first launched Cheat way back when, but since have migrated to ActiveCampaign, which is slightly more robust which of course works for our business because we have a more robust business with products and services and all of those things. But we don't think the active campaign is necessarily the move for the average travel advisor, especially somebody just beginning out. So just a caveat here before we talk through this system, because we do 100% stand behind Flowdesk for travel advisors in particular. Hey, it's your travel industry best friends, Robin and Jen from Teak. We're obsessed with practically anything that touches your business and allows you to scale to the level of success that you've always dreamt of. With Robin's background in sales and marketing and Jennifer's experience as a management level HR professional, we grew a small itinerary creation company into a multi-million dollar travel agency. And now we aim to help others skip the hard stuff and get right to the big wins. We're probably each recording this holding a glass of wine. So pour one up with us, grab a seat, and join us to talk all things travel and business. So today we have got our resident email marketing guru with us, Katie Fisher, who is going to share why Flowdesk is the travel advisor's dream email marketing platform. So welcome back, Katie. I'm going to start off. This is Jennifer. I'm going to kick this off because I switched from, I want to say MailChimp to Flowdesk. I I chose to transition for exactly the reasons mentioned in the intro. The drag and drop, I am not a coder. I am not going to come up with complex coding and create a template. I need like the most straightforward system possible in order for me to be attracted to maintaining that system. So having already made easy and beautiful templates was definitely a game changer for me. And I was able to utilize the same template for email header graphics that I am using in TravelJoy to also have them as section header graphics within Flowdesk. So I just uploaded that as an image. And so it was the same dimensions and I was able to use the same template. I'm all about repurposing things that work for you and that work for me. And I was able to just kind of like duplicate my email header graphics and then tweak it to the topics that I was using that month within the email newsletter. And it just made it so seamless and easy. I know that that may be too simplified for some people that want I don't know, ornate newsletter design. But to me, as a client or a potential client, I think ease of reading is number one. And having a beautiful header graphic and then the content right below it, it's not like, oh, I wish this newsletter was a more complex template. That never occurred to me. So it wouldn't occur to me to make it more complex as an actual content creator for that. With that being said, I was also able to utilize the branding within those email header graphics that just made it so simple. Pop in a logo and then create the content, which now with AI would be so much more seamless. But it was as easy as it could possibly get for me. And when you are owner and controller and psychologist and in charge of marketing and all of these things that you are for your business as a travel advisor, Ease is the name of the game in order to actually be able to get it all done. With that being said, we want to actually talk about the functionalities and why Flowdesk is beyond typical email marketing in the way of thinking of it as monthly newsletters. So Robin's going to share a little bit about personalized and targeted campaigns, what they are, how they work, and really open up the conversation to how we could utilize these within travel businesses. I really think this was one of the things that back in the day when Flowdesk first launched and we got in, they didn't have it yet. I think they had segments. They didn't really have automations or workflows that were as robust as they are now. I don't think so. If they did, we didn't know about them. 
Yeah, I think you could. It was basically just like a, hey, you subscribe to my email newsletter. Here's one. It wasn't more more than that. That's why we eventually switched to Active Campaign. However, now I know a Flowdesk does have the ability to both segment your audience and automate your email. So that means that it's going to help travel advisors create highly personalized and targeted email campaigns, which is the goal of really good email marketing, right? You want the right message in front of the right person at the right time. So being able to know who's inside of your audience based on segments. So that could be based on what forms they sign up for. If I'm pretty sure, and Katie, correct me if I'm wrong, because you're in this system all the time and I am not, but I'm pretty sure when you create a subscribe to my email, whatever it used to, we used to just be like, put your name and email in subscribe and you're done. Now you can actually create different checkboxes. That'll be like, I want marketing messages like this. I don't want to know about this. Like you could do it based on the destinations you'd do. Or if you want tips, like there's a lot of really cool. I love segmenting. I think it's so nerdy and fun. It's so the segmenting and like the new preferences opt-in thing. Well, new, newer, it's not new, new, but yeah, you can create like your opt-in form and you could There's a limit to how many preferences you can add. Obviously, you don't want it to get too bulky, but you could ask people like, how often do you want to hear from us? And then it would segment people out. Or you could say like when I had my preferences set up, when people would opt in via my website, it was what type of travel are you interested in? Like romance travel, wellness travel. And then that automatically applies that segment to that subscriber's name. So if you wanted to send out a wellness Wednesday newsletter, you would only be sending it to that segment instead of everybody. So it's pretty impressive and it's automated. So you don't have to like manually do it. Yeah. I love that. I feel like you could do so many things. You could do weekend getaways. You could have destination wedding inspiration and people are going to unsubscribe obviously after their wedding, but it's just like the knot or some system like that. Usually people hang out a little bit longer because they love a wedding. If they did a destination wedding, something like that. So segmenting and then giving them inspo for what they're passionate about. It just feels like a personal relationship. Yeah. And the the capabilities of the workflows and the segments, the destination wedding example is a perfect one because if someone opted into your destination wedding workflow or nurture sequence, those words are interchangeable for anyone listening. But you, there's actually the capability in Flowdesk that once they exit the destination wedding workflow, you could have them resegmented somewhere else. So what comes after a wedding usually a baby moon or an anniversary Mm -hmm. trip. So then you could start marketing to them that way. Like follow them through their journey of almost life. And that's kind of creepy, but it's cool. You're more likely to respond to stuff that's actually tailored to you. I noticed myself with certain emails, mass delete. Like I just delete them all because I'm like, this is just a mass email going out or this person's emailing multiple times a day. Like I'm not into that. But whenever something looks like it's like from like specifically to me where it has like my name in the headline or anything like that, I'm always like, what the heck is that? So the personalization of it all and like being able to really get to know your subscribers' preferences and interests and travel history is just so, so powerful and tailoring, you know, because then you get to offer you know, relevant recommendations and personalized offers or exclusive deals if that's something that's a part of your marketing strategy. So that's only going to help you boost engagement and conversions and ultimately lead to more sales. Going through and taking the time to like clean out people who haven't opened emails in a really long time and then making sure that people are updating or are updated with like their latest preferences and the best segments for them. So crucial to have a really, really powerful email list. Yeah. And that is one of the lessons that's in our Flowdesk Lab Masterclass is like how to clean out or maintain your email list. Because I actually just had a kickoff call with one of our Flowdesk clients and she was saying her open rates have been kind of going down. And I asked her if she had been maintaining her list and she was like, no. And I'm like, well, there are people on there who may not be interested anymore and they're not opening your emails and it's tanking your open rates. So I think it's just something that travel advisors put to the back of their mind because we think email marketing isn't important, but it's actually... I personally got more business from email marketing than I did anything else. So I think it's... Especially when you do it right. Like, you know, if you send a newsletter every three months, maybe, yeah, that's probably not going to convert to anything major. But when you have like a monthly cadence and people know what to expect and, you know, you're talking to the right audience about the right content, 
I think you'd be really, really shocked. And then all of a sudden by algorithm, like, yeah, you can make reels, but maybe they're more for fun. I feel like my biggest thing was like social media just is draining, constantly having to show up. But email marketing was that one thing where it's like maintaining my email list was important and kept us getting in front of people in a way that took the pressure off of all those other marketing platforms. Cause like, again, we say it all the time, like you're doing a bajillion things as a small business owner, but particularly as a travel advisor that showing up where it's actually going to matter for your business is so, so important. Right. I think segueing from there, the automation component, and this is where I see travel advisors eyes get really big on our kickoff calls for the project. I think the the language and like the glossary of terms, if you will, around email marketing is really intimidating for travel advisors because we have enough on our plate and we just people are like, I don't want to learn it. But Flowdesk is so intuitive, even if you know nothing about email marketing, especially the nurture sequence component. It's essentially like three parts. It's the opt-in form where people that's I mean it's self-explanatory where they opt in, where they say yes, I want to be on your list. And then they get applied to a segment and that segment triggers an automated workflow. And it's just a very powerful way to... Because I tell people, the analogy I've used on kickoff calls for our clients is you would never invite someone over and they like knock on your front door and you just leave them standing there. You're going to invite them in. You're going to ask them if they want a drink. You'll say, you know, tell them to have a seat. And I feel like your email marketing should be the same where someone subscribes, it shouldn't be crickets. They should get at least an automated email that says like, thank you for subscribing. Here's something in exchange. So whether it's a freebie or a little bit about you or redirecting them to your social media or something. And a lot of advisors get overwhelmed when I talk about that because they're like, well, then I, they think they have to keep up with every time someone subscribes, they have to manually send out an email, but that's where all the automation comes in. It can be set up. So every time someone subscribes, this evergreen automated welcome email shoots out and you don't have to think twice about it. At minimum, I think everyone should have a welcome sequence set up and it's so easy to do. But then if you have more robust nurture sequences that are tied to something like a destination guide, for example, we just finished one where the destination guide was about French Polynesia, that entire nurture sequence could be very aggressively pointed at people who are interested in that type of travel, the South Pacific or French Polynesia or whatever. And they're tagged when they subscribe and you know that they're interested in that. Or even like over the water bungalows around the world. Right. You know, it, it can be like not enough time to fly to French Polynesia. Here are some other options. So you can still promote a different product than the very specific thing that someone is opting in on. Right. And by Creating these opt-in offers and then creating an opt-in form in Flowdesk, which is literally the easiest thing you'll do in your entire day, it makes your subscriber do the work for you. They subscribe and then Flowdesk adds this segment or tag, whatever you want to call it, to their name. So at a quick glance, you can look and see how many people are interested in whatever, destination weddings or overwater bungalows. And then you can throw together a campaign about that and it's targeted at those people. So... I get really nerdy about email marketing. I think it's so fascinating that we have this technology that basically shines a light on what people like based on how they opt into your list. And it makes your job really easy to then market to them. Can you give some examples because you are super in it and it all makes sense to you. But for someone who doesn't know like layman's terms, let's talk about like what is an example of an opt-in you mentioned a destination wedding guide. Where does that live? What does that look like? And then what would a nurture sequence include? Just to break it down in very like simplistic terms. The most common one that I build out for advisors has been a how we work guide. And so we build out this how we work guide in Canva and it outlines exactly what it says, how they work, their services, their process, their fee. It's important to keep in mind that you make it as evergreen as possible. Obviously it will need maintenance and updating along the way. But we create this as a PDF. And then on their website somewhere, so I tell people on your website or in your email signature line or on your social media or all three, you promote this form, this opt-in form that we create in Flowdesk. And when you create an opt-in form on Flowdesk, it generates a link. 
And that link is what you put out into the world. So you can hyperlink a button on your website that says learn more about our process. And when they click on it, this form pops up and it'll say, download our How We Work guide with a pretty picture and a name and email address box. People put in their name and email address. And then behind the scenes, Flowdesk instantly receives that information. They tag that subscriber with whatever segment we create. So How We Work guide is the tag that we create because that makes the most sense. And then it immediately kicks this person into an automated sequence. Typically, it's like five to six emails. And somebody will then immediately receive that downloadable guide via email. So it's, thank you so much for subscribing. Here's the guide you requested. And then every few days after that, usually like seven to 10 days at a time, they're receiving an automated email that then shares a little bit more about the business and the business owner. And what they do and who they serve. And then a few days later, we have it send out a social proof or testimonial email highlighting, like, obviously, their best testimonials and all of that. And then a few days later, another email will go out. This is where people have gotten really creative. We've done like team favorites or their top three resorts they love in the Caribbean or whatever. Just something that showcases your niche. You don't want to just be like selling all the time. Every email shouldn't be like, work with me, work with me, work with me. You want to stay top of mind, but you also want to like inspire and educate your audience. And then the last email that goes out then says, we hope you have loved what you've seen and we hope you stick around. And if you want to work with us, this is how and all that. And then the subscriber exits the workflow. And this is where people get a little tripped up, but they don't leave your list. They just, they're done receiving the automated emails for that workflow. And then along the way, they're still receiving whatever you manually send out. So if they're on email number three in your nurture sequence, and you send out your monthly newsletter, they're getting that one too. So that's why it's important to have this automated stuff set up, but also be like manually sending out touch points. Because if someone finished your nurture sequence six months ago, and then they haven't heard from you since, there was no point in putting them through that nurture sequence in the first place. Nurture sequence and email campaigns, monthly newsletters or whatever that looks like work together. Just because you have a welcome sequence doesn't mean you don't also send out reoccurring communications. But also something to note is like Flowdesk is not the email platform you just send off to one person either. Correct. That's what your welcome sequence does. It sends basically an email to one person when that person reaches a certain point in the process. But At no point in time should anybody just best practice wise send like a campaign to like, I would never email Katie through active Mm -hmm. campaign just to be like, hi, you know what I mean? So client communications and everything that stays in travel joy about the specific trips and all of that. But any sort of marketing will come from Flowdesk. Right. Even the the one-off emails. Like I always tell when I do like our final walkthrough loom that I send to our clients, I try to sprinkle in little like best practice nuggets along the way because I'm really obsessive about email marketing. I, I don't know what I did in a past life to be this obsessed with email marketing, but here I am. And I always tell people, if you send out a really great newsletter on June 15th, and then you get three new subscribers on June 16th, don't worry about it. They don't need, you don't need to resend that newsletter from the day before to those three people. It's okay. Cause you're, then you're always going to be trying to play catch up. They'll catch the next one because if they opted in somehow, whether it was you added them manually and added a tag, which then puts them through a workflow or they opted in on their own and they're in a workflow, they're hearing from you. It's okay. They don't need to get yesterday's email. If you think about bigger corporations, like when I subscribe to target.com's newsletter, they're not going to be like, Katie, subscribe, send out that campaign from yesterday. They don't care. They'll catch me on the next one. So I think that's where a lot of the overwhelm comes from is people get too inside their heads about all of the functionalities of email marketing. As long as you have a couple workflows set up and you're sending out regular touch points every two weeks or every month, you're good to go. It should be a set it and forget it type of thing. 100%. And I think that's the power of a welcome sequence. You know, when somebody subscribes, they're going to get something. They're going to get a touch point. Maybe, yeah, it's not the newsletter you just sent out five hours earlier, but it's something that welcomes them into your world. You know, we want to keep them on your list until we don't want to keep them on your list. If they're not opening or they're not responding or they're maybe not interested in what you're selling, clean them off. But Again, it's just like the perfect marriage. Like you almost have to have both. And it it sounds so intimidating to set them both up. 
which is why we do offer the Flowdesk list launch service. But once you have it going, it's things you can tweak along the way, but really it sets you up for success in the long run. One of the other things I love within the nurture sequences about Flowdesk is when you're setting up your forms for opt-in, let's say you're on your website or someone's on your website and they click a button. They're like, yeah, I want your how we work guide or your destination guide. And they fill out the form and they click subscribe. You can set it so it kicks them back to the website or it forwards them onto your social media or whatever. So just another way to continue funneling people through your different channels instead of just thanks for subscribing page. And then it's just like kind of anticlimactic. So functionality for being so simple and streamlined and intuitive has a lot of hidden functionalities that you just, once you get in there, it's really shocking to see how much it can do. But you also don't need to get overwhelmed and do all of it. I was just going to say that. I think of myself when I'm online shopping and I go online shopping for one thing and I put the thing in my cart. I'm like, well, I'm already buying this. So let me just look at what else they have to offer. And then I end up with a shopping cart with like six things and then I'm out of budget and I just close the tab because I'm like, I just got overwhelmed and I I don't want to buy any of it anymore because it was too much. So I would say pull back from that because I have a tendency to like let things snowball and then, okay, I'm doing none of it because I'm overwhelmed because if I can't do it to the maximum, then I don't want to do any of it at all. So my recommendation from someone who feels like that is if nothing else, get a general population welcome sequence going on like the How We Work guide. I can attest that with Explorator, we got over 50 emails in two months and that's I thought that was a very successful because it put us over like the thousand mark for subscribers. And just like having 50 additional people getting your emails every month is massive. But I didn't have a welcome sequence in place at all. They were just like hanging out there. But I feel like if nothing else, get one general lead generator, if you will, that they download and make it something that they can't get directly from your website. It could be like a vacation budget planning checklist. It could be a how we work guide because every single person wants to know how you work that lands on your website. I think that's the most general. It could be a packing list. It could be anything like that. And then make it like five emails or four, whatever Katie recommends. I'll defer to her on that, but like five emails for your nurture sequence and then do a monthly newsletter. Lower the expectations, lower the requirement for yourself. If you can do that, you're doing fantastic and you're doing more than 90% of people, honestly. So just being able to say like, I've got a nurture sequence and I've got a newsletter cadence, you're rocking it. Do you recommend four or five? What would be your, your nurture sequence typical number of emails? And what's your timeline duration that you recommend? We've been doing five. Um, so the first one is the delivery of whatever they came to get whatever that lead magnet is. Also, I meant to say this a few minutes ago, lead magnet, opt-in, freebie, irresistible free offer, IFO. Those are all the same thing. I've seen people refer to them as 16 different words. Mm -hmm. It's basically anything that someone wants that they have to give you their email address for. So if anyone's wondering why we keep switching words, they all mean the same thing, just like workflow or, well, Workflow for Travel Joy, that's different. But in Flowdesk, it's called a workflow, but it's also called a nurture sequence. Anyway, back to your question. Five emails seems to be the sweet spot. It's not too overwhelming to write all of that copy and get all of that put together. So the first one is the delivery of the lead magnet and just a simple hello and thank you for joining our list. And then we also have been doing it. Here's what you can expect from being on our list. Monthly newsletters where we touch on X, Y, and Z. So that obviously will be different for every advisor. The second email we have, we send it out two days later. So it's automated. So two days after they get that delivery, we want to stay top of mind. So two days later, it's thanks again for joining. Let's get to know each other. And then it's like a short bio about the advisor or about the business or about the team, depending on the size of the agency. And then a link back to their about page on their website. So you want to keep them like short and sweet. These don't need to be like full length feature newspaper style emails. They can be tiny nugget bite size emails. And then yeah, the third one is the testimonials. And the fourth one is your niche where you can really lean into like what you want to be promoting. Uh, And then the fifth one is when you ask a little bit more of them, you link to your inquiry form or 
your services page or something like that. But the timing in between each one for those, we've been doing about 10 days in between mm-hmm. each one because every day feels aggressive. Any more than 10 days, people might be like, who is this again? And then after those five emails, they exit that nurture sequence. And it's kind of like the concept of jab, 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 right hook that Robin and I have mentioned before. If you're familiar with the Gary Vee book, I know he's aggressive, but I love his aggressiveness. I love that he's like authentically himself and he's just like, I'm going to say it how I'm going to say it. And if it doesn't land for you, then that's okay. You're not my audience. He has a book called Jab, 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 Right Hook, and it's all about give, 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 then ask. And we try and do that too. We want to always be giving more insight on how you can do things better in your business because then you are much more likely to come to us when you're ready to invest in something that will help you better your business. So for example, this podcast, I mean, there's no compensation other than it helps us stay top of mind with our audience. We want to be considered a professional that you would seek services or insight from in the future. So we believe in giving free content, free insight, free access to us. And it's it's our perspective. Obviously, there are many other perspectives on how to do business, but it's a giving mentality. And so that's how your newsletters can be as well. You can give away free information, but when you're seen as the expert, they're going to want to come back to you because they trust you. Giving away too much information doesn't mean that your audience is just going to go book it on their own. If they are your right audience and they trust you, they will then come to you to convert for sales. But it is important to remember that it does take an average of 10 touch points and sometimes more for someone to actually convert to a customer. So these five touch points in your newsletter, you can think of them as like, all right, five tallies down, I'm five closer to wearing them down as just part of your mental checklist. And don't get frustrated if they don't convert to a sale because they subscribed right away. They might, but don't expect that of everyone. And that kind of leads back to what we were saying where you can have, you can be leaning into Flowdesk's functionality and have all these nurture sequences set up and freebies everywhere. It doesn't matter if you're not then following up with at least a monthly newsletter. And then Mm -hmm. the other thing I love about Flowdesk is that you can create, uh, and this is what we do for our Flowdesk clients. This is what we do for the newsletter clients. You create a master template in your dashboard, and then you, you get all of your brand elements in there. You you know, whatever, all of your sections are laid out every month. And then you just duplicate it. And then you drop your copy and you swap out some photos, and you send it off. Doing email marketing can actually be pretty painless as long as you do the work up front. And then it it's kind of a set it and forget it type of thing. It does need occasional maintenance. But that's why we love Flowdesk so much. It makes it feel way easier than a more robust system like Active Campaign. I remember the first time I logged into Active Campaign, I was like, oh my God, <laughs> I don't know. I feel What's that it? way. I've been using it for two years now. Mm-hmm. It's like a little overwhelming. And Flowdesk is, this sounds weird, but we've talked about it before with other platforms. It's pretty. It was built by women in like an aesthetically pleasing way. So you don't jump on and instantly feel overwhelmed and intimidated by all of the things you can do. But just know it's a learning curve, right? You're not going to just... <laughs> jump in and be the best at it round one. And if you're always waiting for that perfect newsletter, you'll probably never send it. So you got to start somewhere. I mean, our first newsletters were not anything I would display anywhere, but you always have to have a starting point. So like, don't be afraid to go and send off and then remain consistent because by remaining consistent, you find your cadence and it becomes so much easier to write things. Emails used to take me a full day now it just kind of feels like I'm talking to friends because we send people so much communication that it's like, okay, well, if there's a typo in this, there's probably been typos before. I don't know. I just, you get a lot more comfortable. It's just like showing your face on Instagram, right? Like it's super scary the first time because you want it to be perfect and you want everyone to love you and think it's the best. And then you keep practicing and practicing and practicing. And then people just show up and it's like, talking to your journal almost. like It doesn't feel the same way that it used to when you first started. So all that to say, just start. Just do it. I was just going to ask you guys, like, what words of advice would you say to get people over the over-analysis of what to put in a newsletter? Because 
it can be as simple as one paragraph per topic and three topics. So what other advice for like just making email marketing as easy as possible and not getting bogged down in, okay, I have to create these this life-altering content every month. Where do I start? Where would you guys recommend people to just get off the bench kind of thing? I always wrap up my Flowdesk projects by telling people moving forward, short and sweet, and done is better than perfect. Like these are like the key phrases I find myself repeating all the time. If one month you're just like, I can't, I can't with the newsletter this month, drop in a quick client testimonial, highlight your favorite hotel you sold this month and drop in, a, go to travel and leisure, click on the news tab and see what's, what's new in the travel world. Drop in a link. Done. It takes 15 minutes. I think, and I speak from experience because if people have listened to our previous email marketing podcast, I talked about when I first launched my business, I thought I had to be blowing everyone's socks off every week with my like 16 page long newsletter about every single piece of travel content I knew. And that actually hurt my open rates because people did not want to read a full novel every week from me. So short and sweet is way better than ghosting people for months at a time. That would be my advice. And then if for people who just don't feel like, you know, some people just feel like they're not creative, or they don't have an eye for it, and they don't want to create the Canva headers and, and then build an email from scratch, Flowdesk has really beautiful templates. Pick a template you like, get all of your branding dropped in, and then duplicate that every month. Don't overthink it. Just get it out because it's so... It's, I've seen this. I'm in people's Flowdesk accounts all the time, all day, every day. And the people who are consistently sending out newsletters, their open rates are good. All their analytics are good. And if anyone's listening and you're wondering, oh, Katie pokes around my analytics, I do because I'm curious. Because also if I'm writing newsletters for people, I want to see what people like, is it working? So we can adjust. But the people who go months at a time between sending things, it affects their analytics. Their unsubscribe rates are through the roof because people don't remember who you are or they don't remember how they ended up on this list if they're only hearing from you two or three times a year. So I'd say for anyone who feels overwhelmed, just keep it simple and just get it off your list. Get it done. Yeah, I think my piece of advice would be like infuse your personality. I feel like when things, when you all of a sudden are talking like a robot or super formal and think this has to be the best thing, It doesn't feel fun. Now when I write emails, it does feel like we're talking to pals and my personality is going to come through. And I honestly feel like you can tell who writes our emails sometimes because people have different tones in emails, like in our emails for tea. So I mean, I think when you let personality like that really shine through, it becomes a lot more fun and a lot more easy. Now, if you're not a writer, one of the best tips that I can possibly give you is to check out ChatGPT or something like that. And I'm not saying go write your whole newsletter with AI right now, but it's a really awesome resource to get you started or to at least give you topics or jumping off points that might make sense for your newsletter and tickle your brain enough to be like, oh, I have an idea. And then it pours out of you. So lean on things like that as well. If you are in that analysis paralysis, I don't even want to start this. I have nothing to say type of mindset, sometimes little or a power walk, or a shower like Jen loves. It it can help. So one thing I want to ask that will transition us to our next point of why we love Flowdesk is why do you want to clean up your subscribers that aren't opening? So I'll transition it to Robin because she is the data queen on our team. But why does it matter if you've got 30 people that have never opened an email to you? What does it hurt isn't it more beneficial to have, you know, more subscribers than an open rate? Because what does it really matter? To me, the obvious answer is obviously if you're paying for the number of subscribers on your list within your system. But I want to hand it over to you on why does it matter? And then also diving more into why you should explore your metrics and how to apply them to your newsletter strategy. I would argue that the only analytics that truly matter or that if you're not paying attention to analytics, where do you start is your open rate. Subscribers honestly don't matter. It's the same as followers on Instagram. We could have a bajillion followers and maybe only 10 people see our reel each week. I mean, 
ultimately it doesn't matter how many people are are on your list, it matters how many people are consuming the content. So what we like to do is go through and clean our list. Occasionally, I have it set on my calendar to do today, actually, where we will pull people who haven't opened an email for us for six months plus, and they're not going to probably, we take them off of our list so that our open rates can go back to being high, which I mean, for just, we have really good open rates. We always have. I think people like the content we produce from our newsletters and email communications, especially. But this just allows us to not have like stragglers. What's the point of having somebody on your list? It's a vanity metric, in my opinion, almost is the number of subscribers, whereas an open rate is actual. That's going to help your business because, like, if your subscribers, are you know in the 3000s and your open rate is 5%. I mean, what is that looking at your list? 150 people. So of that, if you know that when your open rate is whatever, your conversion is 2%, that's like an industry average. Then how many people are going to buy from you? You know what I mean? So when you take those people off and you clean them out and then you focus on rebuilding your list, maybe it's launching a new freebie, maybe it's creating a quiz and putting a quiz out there to get more people on your list. There's just different strategies, but cleaning your list actually allows you to, again, get out of the vanity metric, get into the data that actually matters. And Flowdesk did not, I don't believe, used to have as robust of an analytics dashboard that it does now. This is one of their newer release features, but it's really, really awesome because analytics and with Thrivecard especially, we look at I look at analytics and I'm like, I don't even know how to find these analytics. And it took a long time to find Flowdesk makes it super simple so that you guys can monitor the performance of your email campaigns, the stuff that matters. So again, just relaunch, super exciting. It'll show you the data based on subscribers, on growth trends, what are people clicking, where are your subscribers coming from, honestly, all the data points that you need in order to make decisions on your business. (laughs) Is this email marketing strategy working or is it not? Is it a fly or a flop type of thing? Because we've said it hundreds of times, your business decisions should be based on data, not just (laughs) whims, not just hopes and dreams. It should be based on actual data points so that you know what's going to move the needle for your business, right? Because ultimately everything should be helping our bottom line. And if we don't know the data associated with this email marketing campaign, how do we know it's affecting our bottom line? Again, I know Katie has some thoughts on this because she is very similar to me in the fact of loving data. So are there any features that you're obsessed with in the analytics dashboard, Katie? I really like the... What's it called? I want to pull it up so I get the right name. But it's the send activity, I believe. Email sending activity. And like the more... This is something that has always been built into Flowdesk. But now in the more robust analytics dashboard, you can see it. But the more regularly you're sending out newsletters, the better your uh, suggested send times are going to be. So when you, let's say you're a night owl and you're like crafting a newsletter, it's probably not a good idea to like shoot it off at 2 a.m. because nobody's awake or probably not awake to read it. And actually Flowdesk has this thing where when you go to schedule to send a newsletter or an email campaign, you can say... Show me the best times for morning, afternoon, and evening based on my analytics. And the more often you're sending out newsletters, the better those analytics will become. So when I was sending out email marketing for my business, my subscribers must be early birds because 5.55 a.m. is when I had the best open rates. And that makes sense. So again, tying all this data back to my client base, a lot of them were white collar professionals who were up early running at the gym before they went to the law office or whatever. So like that tracks with my audience. But the analytics dashboard I've been a little obsessed with lately because it just shows so much. It shows you the best day of the week to send your emails. So if you're trying to time block your calendar and figure out when you should be setting aside time to create your newsletters, if your best day is Wednesday, then you know Tuesday afternoon, you can go ahead and get it get it created, get it scheduled for Wednesday. And touching back on what Robin said, again... People get so obsessed with how many subscribers they have. I'll be completely honest. I never had a huge subscriber list for my business. I think maybe 200, 250 people or something like that. But it was a very engaged list. 80% open rates and people responding back to campaigns and inquiries coming in regularly from email campaigns. Whereas I've seen lists where there's thousands of people and the open rates are really low. So regularly going through and looking to see 
who's not interested in hearing from you and then removing them, it's okay. Like they don't want to be at the party anyway. So see them out. 100%. And the thing about data is if you've only sent two newsletters, don't go into your analytics expecting like groundbreaking information. You need to have a baseline and have like some consistency behind your marketing strategy before you're going to get analytics like Katie got. If you're just in the early phases of building your list or sending out emails, maybe give it some time. You just launched your nurture sequence, give it some time to run and then put it on your calendar on a quarterly basis to go in and look at analytics. Because I mean, again, if you're only sending a couple here and there, those analytics aren't really going to do you any good because they're kind of hit or miss from the start anyways. Like it's going to take some time to get momentum and get enough data points for them to actually be able to convert those analytics into insights that actually matter for your business. And that's something I recommend when I'm talking to advisors during our Flowdesk projects is put it on your calendar for once per quarter that you go in for an hour and you review your metrics and you clean up your email list and just like it's an hour. Because if you're going to spend the time to create newsletters or you're going to pay the whatever Flowdesk is per month, $38 a month right now, I think, make sure it works. Don't be spending the time and money on it if you're literally going to ignore it you know, make it work for you because it's a very powerful tool when it's done well. And don't think just because it's $38, like, oh, it's okay if I didn't send it. That's $38 that's against your bottom line that could be going into your bank account as Mm -hmm. actual salary. I just think, and we mentioned this a lot, but anytime that there's an expense, we tend to minimize how it adds up and $38 is still $38. To me, I'm like, okay, well, I could be treating myself to a couple Starbucks a week if I had $38 or I could be putting that into an investment fund with an interest, a high interest rate right now. There are just so many places where $38 can give you more if you're not getting out of it what you need to get out of it. This system does allow you to get a return on your investment if you leverage it as so, but if you're not, scrap it and be honest with yourself. And if you need to outsource your newsletter service, first of all, we would love to have a conversation with you. But don't just let it ride on your expense sheet and not utilize it. I think that's one of the most detrimental things that you can do. Especially because for $38, you get so much. Like It really is a very fair price for what Flowdesk can do for you. And the way I look at it, especially when I was like in the weeds with my business and busy and wanted to put off newsletters for a while. And there were a few months where it just didn't happen. If you send out one newsletter and it lands you one client and your minimum fee is, I mean, even if your minimum fee is $39, then you just profited by sending out a newsletter. So like if you spend 38 a month and you keep up on newsletters and it gets you one client a month, that is a pretty good return on investment, especially if you're charging fees. So And so I guess the question for that would be, what is the metric that you need to look at in order to evaluate if someone is actually converting from a newsletter versus just like organic traffic coming in? Because one thing that I love that's in our nurture sequence is we actually ask, reply to this and tell us a little bit about yourself. Like it creates a personal connection. What are your pain points in your business? We want to help you. Because then we can, it's just literally a free way where we're like, What's your problem and how can we solve it for you? And we can point them to a podcast episode or a resource that we've already created. Your nurture sequence can be the same way. Like respond to this. I want to get to know you. What is your dream destination and what do you want to know about it? I'll respond to you within one week to tell you a little bit more about it. And like if you create that kind of, I mean, that was robotic, make it more personal and engaging than that. But if you actually create this, personal relationship through your newsletter and leverage it in that way, you then can give back in a different way that's not automated. And then there's just like a different level of investment that this person has in you because you made them feel special. You took time out of your busy schedule to respond back to me about why Bora Bora is your favorite destination. And when you went there, like what were your favorite things? Does it take you three hours to respond to an email? No, it could take you 10 minutes, but you've just created a connection that wasn't there before. And you've educated them on something that maybe they didn't know. And now they're going to go to you for a $30,000 trip. So to go back to my question is, Katie or Robin, what would be the metric or the data points that you're looking at to say like, okay, this did actually convert? Is it 
more subjective in ways that you're kind of tracking it like that? Or are there some indicators within the system that can help you point to that? I think it depends on the type of email communication you're sending. If you're trying to get people to book your services and you're talking through your process and you want people to click a link to see like how we work, I'm looking at click rates. Like I'm looking at how many people made it to that page of my website. But if I'm just sending a newsletter, that's kind of more generic and, you know, kind of open-ended to my whole list. I'm looking more so at email rates. So it depends on the goal of the email, I would say. Yeah, I agree. I'm thinking of one particular email I sent out. I would even, and this is kind of looping back to making sure you're nurturing your list and really paying attention to it because I so intimately knew the behavior of my audience. I sent out an email last fall letting people know I would be not taking bookings for a certain period anymore. And so there was like a call to action in that email of I'm taking this many more clients for this time period, first come, first serve. So my way of measuring that was the inquiry forms that came in or the people who responded and said, dibs, I want a spot. So I think like open rates, click through rates. And then if there's an actual call to action, what was the response to that call to action? That's a good way to look at it as well. And if you want to know the term for call to action in the biz, it's CTA. So if you ever hear us talk about CTAs, it's a call to action. It's a button that says, do this right now. It's like directing someone to being action oriented from your email marketing, just to give kind of a rundown on that. The last thing that I want to mention that I really love is you can create a live link of your monthly newsletter and then you can promote it on social media. So if you were to say, we're so excited, check your inboxes if you're a subscriber. If you're not, check out our monthly newsletter and drop your email below if you want to be a part of our future travel tip updates or whatnot. So you can give people this preview, this free preview, if you will. And then capture their email. You could do that by a question box online. You could actually have your subscriber link in your stories. You could have people drop it on your Facebook. I'm just trying to think of like, those are not automated ways, but if you're just looking for the fastest way to stick something up and say like, hey, drop your email below and I'll add you for the next month, you really can build your list that way. It might not be the most automated way. One thing that we did was also on our inquiry form, we said, do you agree to being added to our subscriber list for newsletters? And that was not automated. We are going to lobby for that with Travel Joy that they actually have an integrated relationship or at least a zap capability to integrate with Flowdesk. But we would do like a monthly cleanup where we would just create a running list of everyone that had submitted an inquiry that month and add them to our list. So even if they're not opting in on your website, you can still create checkpoints and capture points where you're getting permission. And we want to say this has not been mentioned yet, but make sure you're getting permission. An opt-in is permission. Someone subscribing is permission. But you cannot just take every email of everyone that you know and everyone that has ever submitted an inquiry to you and put it in your Flowdesk list. You, that is the fastest way to get kicked off the platform because yeah, it's illegal. It, it's, it's illegal, correct. <laughs> it's illegal. And they will actually remove your access to the platform because it is also illegal. If you get so many people indicating that it's spam or so many people unsubscribing or so many bounces, meaning it didn't actually go through to their inbox because of one reason or another, it notifies Flowdesk and it can give you a warning and you have to like actually submit a reason why you should stay on the platform. So I want to say that effort does need to be put in. If you want an email list, the effort needs to be there. You can't just create an email list from everyone in your CRM. There needs to be authorization to utilize their their contact information for marketing purposes. So that's our disclaimer for the day. But the last thing that I want to add that I think is a really easy idea that we've recently been mentioning to others is if you have an itinerary that you love, why not duplicate that in your itinerary creator, white label it, remove the dates, remove the name. That's an easy canvas right there that you just like say, caption, I can't get over how amazing this itinerary is. And then it outlines the itinerary. You've got beautiful visuals of the hotels they're using with permission, royalty-free visuals. 
And then you've got a hyperlink to see it on the app and say like, if you want to see how this converts to our handy app, check this out. And that way you're also advertising that you're very like technologically forward and you're going to give them this next level of service. And then you could also have the call to action, the CTA there that want to know more about this type of trip and how we can set you up. Submit your inquiry here. We recommend this itinerary for these months of the year. So you're giving them some education. You could even give like a jumping off point for budgeting so that people know like if this is your dream trip, how to budget for this and give them all the information possible that they need to make it a reality. Because sometimes if I were to get just in full transparency, if I were to get that email, first of all, I would definitely open it because I love looking at that. And I think people are always willing to lift the hood of the car to see what's going on underneath, especially when it says like, we're going to tell you all about budget, when to go, all these things. And you're going to see a preview of our itinerary creator. I'm nosy. I want to know the budget. If someone's booking this, I want to know if what Sally spent on that vacation that she just posted on Instagram. But also it allows people to dream. And I would get an email if it were for the Maldives. I think that people don't realize that you can do Maldives in a much more economical price point than they might imagine. So being able to say, we have room rates in this area of the world starting at XYZ, you're not ostracizing a part of your audience that maybe isn't there yet. So there are so many cool things that you can do to help people feel educated and work towards a trip with you, even if they're not planning right now. So think of it as like, what would you want to know as a client? What do you want to see? What do you want to know? Probably not just a hotel name and amenities and you know what festivals are happening at that time of year. Think about actually what you would open and maybe pay attention to what you do open in your inbox and create content that resonates specifically with you because you are your brand. And that wraps up our exploration of Flowdesk. So if you are sitting there and you cannot wait to get started, here's what you need to do. First, head on over to the show notes. That is where we have our affiliate code for you to snag 50% off of your first year of a membership. We love to share what we love, and this is our way of sharing that with you. Next, you're going to want to get our masterclass that is specifically addressing everything that we discussed in this podcast. It's called the Flowdesk Lab, and Katie is the presenter on that course. She does an incredible job of creating bite-sized content that's really digestible so that you don't get overwhelmed, you don't start to overanalyze, you, you don't get paralyzed with what you can do and what you should do. It just makes it very easy for you to manage, implement your nurture sequence, create newsletters. So if you're ready to get started, please head on over to our website, pop into the shop and check out our masterclasses. We promise you are going to want that masterclass to get started on your email marketing journey. Thank you for joining another episode of Teak Talks. If you're loving the content, we'd love and appreciate your support and feedback. Head on over to Apple Podcasts, hit subscribe so that you never miss when an episode drops. And while you're there, please leave us a rating and review. We're sending you a long distance cheers because you just finished another episode of Teak Talk. If you loved what you heard, hit subscribe and head over to the show notes for any resources and a summary of this episode. In the meantime, if you want more access to us, we are personally inviting you to join our Niche by Teak community, where we host live events, answer your questions, share destination masterclasses, and give you a front row seat to all the resources that we launch throughout the year. Plus, what's better than being surrounded by like-minded advisors that are hyping you up to succeed each day? We think nothing head over to www.teakhq.com backslash niche to join the community today.